Okay, this is, um, I'm Taina Evans, and we're here with the Our Streets, Our Stories project on April 13, 2016. Um, we're in Bedford-Stuyvesant, and I'm sitting with... Your name, Dad. My name, Eric H. Weston. Um, and his daughter, Patricia Weston McNabb. And we're going to find out their Brooklyn story. So I'm going to begin by asking, what is your Brooklyn story? When did you come to Brooklyn, Dad? In uh, 1927. How old were you? About 11. 10, 11 years old, yeah. And where did you come from? Trinidad, Tanapuna, Trinidad. And who did you come with? My mother. Oh, no. 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 I came with a lady called, uh, I forgot her name I forgot, now. I forgot her name. Atkins, Ma, I think. Ma, Ma Lily? No, no. Uh, her name was Miss Atkins, I think, a young lady. But you came, but, with, you came with Uncle Rupert and Aunt uh, and Baby. And Baby, yeah. His sister and his brother, Evelyn and Rupert. They yeah. were both older than him. He's the youngest of six. Oh, wow. And the other three came before him. Oh, yeah. Long before me, yeah. And they all came, settled in Brooklyn. Yes. And stayed in Brooklyn. And stayed in Brooklyn. And stayed in Brooklyn. One, uh, one moved away. Uncle Lyle. Oh, oh yeah. Oldest, but he moved to Queens. And then later moved to California. But the rest. The other five all stayed in Brooklyn and all died in Brooklyn. Mm. And you made it to 100 No, years no, Rip died in, 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 in late tea. Daddy. In the water, water. No, he didn't, Daddy. Uncle Rip died right here. He got injured. Oh, yeah, he got injured, injured but he died in Cleveland, Ohio. No, Dad. He, oh, that's right. He died oh. right here, baby. He yeah, died that's... here in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's in right. In the Veterans Hospital. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. That's okay. So tell me, tell me how it was when you first came here. Uh, or the vast difference from what it is today in appearance, in culture, and in every which way. Our relationship with each other was different. The, the, the culture of the boys and girls on the street were different, the schoolmates were different, and the teachers to the students were different. We had re regular gym practice, and we had regular athletic programs. We had uh, regular uh, athletic cultural program as I told you mm -hmm. and we played together we played together one team we were not separated we were not segregated we played as a team together yeah which which school and in the younger days we played one school against each other like the AC school boys played against the Catholic school boys and the 
Girl Scouts, what they were called, Cubs, they played against our AC school, Girl Scouts. Then they went on to high school, and the high school girls went to Trinity, not Trinity, uh, a, a private school, but in, in a different part of the town. Mm-hmm. And the boys continued in boys' high and boys' school mm-hmm. till they hit the eighth standard. After eighth standard, we went to. Eighth grade. Okay. You went to high school. No, 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 from eighth standard, you went to trade school. Wait, wait, oh, Dad. Okay, wait, Dad, Dad. What school did you go to? What elementary school did you go to? Uh, PS44. PS40. I went to first, went to 42. 22. It's oh, 22 now, but it would be 42. Okay. And from, from that, we went to... Uh, 144 on Howard Avenue and Prospect Place. Uh-huh. From there, I went to 210, which is called Junior High, John Marshall Junior High School. Mm-hmm. It's now called Mary McLeod Bethune. And we, no, I did not finish... Uh, the tenth grade because of difficulty in the family financial conditions, and I left school. I went to work, and I worked as a shoe shine boy. Mm-hmm. I was able to contribute two or three dollars a week to the family to help pay the rent, help sustain. The rest of the family, even though I was the youngest, mm-hmm. but I was the most ambitious. And my other, my brother right ahead of me, he didn't go into that. He'd rather play all the time, which he did. And uh, from that, we went into trade school. I went into uh, tearing, and I did tearing work, and clothes pressing mm-hmm. work. I worked on a Hoffman pressing machine mm-hmm. in a factory with a high hand iron and a Hoffman machine. Mm-hmm. Machine. After that. I went to strictly table on on children's garment mm-hmm. on a flat table pressing children's company for best and and com- best and company mm-hmm. that was the name of the factory uh, that bought our material because we were the best mm-hmm. they, called, they called it the best company. We worked, we, we, we did clothes for uh, John Watermaker, 
on, on, on Murray, on Murray Street and Broadway. That big store, yes. Oh, okay. That was like, like Macy's, isn't it? Then I took civil service tests. And I got on working for New York City Transit Authority. Mm -hmm. I worked for New York Transit Authority 23 years. Wow. No, Dad. 26 years. That was 26? Yes, honey. Okay, 26 years for New York City Transit Authority. And then you retired. Then I retired from there. And you went to the bank. And I went to the Williamsburg Savings Bank, number one handsome place. And you worked there for I, 10 I years. I worked there 10 years. Talk about how you got your GED. Uh, what was that now? General... Education. Education. Diploma. Oh, oh, I, I was in evening school. I got my general education diploma. And then you went to NYU. And then I went to NYU on uh, the campus of the West 4th Street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's called West 4th Campus mm -hmm. for NYU. I went there for a while. And then I left there because it was hard putting both together, which was I was taking musical lessons. Mm -hmm. I was work, working and taking the other one, working, and that time we went to work early in the morning, 8 o'clock, we had to be on the job, 8 o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning, then I went to evening school, I took music lessons after that. So there were three programs I was carrying at the time. So I had to drop something water. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of heavy load. Yeah. And I had no time to play. So I had to drop one of them. So I dropped music. I dropped music and I kept on with the other two. No, 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 no. I'm not finished with those. She's interviewing you, Dad. Please. Uh, the other programs I had was uh, you went in for electrical work. Oh, I, I went to New York Electrical School. Wow! Over on uh, Broadway and mm Eighth -hmm. Street, I think it was somewhere down there. I took electrical wiring. I went to Brooklyn Technical School, too. I went to Brooklyn Tech when it first opened and took electrical wiring, telephone wiring, annunciation, annunciated, annunciator machine. And, uh, what year did it first open? I, I, Daddy, do you remember what year? Oh, I was about, oh, wow. <laughs> the years went by so fast, I can't remember the years. Mm -hmm. Then I went to work for the Navy Yard this was for a short period, which didn't pay much. It was difficult to get to the Navy Yard. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I left there and went and worked for uh, a civil service test. Diesel. Which I got a job as a clothes pressing, pressing, pressing navy naval officers' dress jackets. I worked there for a while. That wasn't paying enough. I got greedy, <laughs> so I went in, in the industry where I made more money. Joined the union and. Uh, I made more money there. And the last company I worked for was uh, Jane Greenberg and uh, Greenberg on what? Lord and Greenberg. Pressing, pressing clothing. Then from there I was drafted into the service. I was about twenty-four. I was drafted, drafted in the service. I went in the service and served in Tuskegee, Alabama. Mm -hmm. Now we we were the nucleus for uh, Tuskegee. Uh, what was it called? That for the flight, the the the, the Tuskegee Airmen. Tus who flew. Tuskegee Airmen. That yeah. flew. That flew. Yeah. He was one of the ones that taught them how to fly. We yeah, we taught them how to fly, how to fly by instrument. Okay. We were fly instrumental trainers, which was called at that time link instructors. I worked there, then I went to school in Bryant, Texas, in that same program, Advanced Trainers Instructor School. <clears throat> Came back to Tuskegee and stayed at Tuskegee, back in the Link Trainers, but prior to that, I served I think two or two and a, two years as a nurse in the medical corps. I was the clerk, chief clerk, in the dispensary, and I was admitted. I, I admit patients to the hospital. I met patients who were injured, flight flight cadets who were injured and couldn't fly. We I admit them into the hospital, and they were treated in the hospital. We flew some of the cadets to Mount McPherson Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Had a, had a strange experience in Atlanta, Georgia, where we went into a restaurant to eat, asking the, the guard who was at the door, where, where can we find our way back to the highway? 
So he pointed to the door. I said, go in there and the dispatcher. We went into the door, but that door was for white only. And when we got into the desk, the man, the clerk at the desk said, he referred to us as boys. And we had our khaki uniforms. All of us were khaki shop. Had a khaki uniform. So he, he called us boys. And uh, we told him what we wanted. And we came out there, leave to come out the restaurant. I mean, that, that was... Uh, A dispatcher's office. We came out of there. Then he told us, go next door to get something to eat. We went into that restaurant to get something to eat. And we were able to buy food, but we couldn't eat it in that restaurant. We had to buy the food and go outside and eat it. So we, we bought the, they had nice, Southern fried chicken. So we had, uh, we bought the food, went outside, ate the food on the sidewalk, and then got back in our wagon. We had four by four, four by four wagons. Mm -hmm. That's what we transported the patients in. Mm -hmm. I head for the highway. I thought, we heading for the highway. The bus driver said to us, uh, are you the recon that was following us on the highway? I said, yeah. So the cop ne next to me said, boy, don't you know, know how to say yes sir, to a white man? <laughs> I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and I, that was all I said to him. And we got into the, our wagon and followed him. And he showed us where Montgomery Highway is. And we followed Tuskegee, Montgomery Highway is. And we followed that highway back to Tuskegee. Wow. Having reached Tuskegee, turned it into the officer in charge, which was Colonel Cummings. They weren't interested in that because they knew that condition existed down there. Mm -hmm. So we went from there, and one day we went into town, and the MPs were in town. And two of our, our military police were arrested by the city police. And the city and uh, the MPs told them, we'll take care of these soldiers, we'll take them in. Said, no boy, we take them in. So they locked the two MPs up. The news came into the base, and we always had a riot down there. That's where Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, who else came down there? 
El, el Norosa came down to Tuskegee to find what what's happened to our boys we sent from New York. Why are why they treating them like that? So anyway, you know how they are about covering things up. Mm -hmm. So they covered it up and uh, it didn't make a big issue of it. Only the Pittsburgh Courier, they made a story out of it. But naturally, that was a small paper. I was in Pittsburgh. It was not a New York paper. Then we went back to the base. Everything was per normal, which is you go your way, we go our way. They were building a base in Tuskegee for us. The black soldiers in Tuskegee who learned to fly. And in that base, they had their own cooks and had their own chef and whatnot. And they cooked better grade of food than the mess hall. So we went down in the, in the, in the civilian restaurant to eat. They thought we couldn't eat in there. We can buy the food in the restaurant, but we kind of eat it outside. Even though the base was built for the soldiers, the soldiers couldn't eat in that base. We had to go outside in the field to eat. But the food was so good, we did that. The food was good. Ah, uh, after that we went down there, then we, then we had uh, an exhibition from, from uh, Fort uh, Langley, Langley Field, and uh, I think Langley Field was in North Carolina, or Virginia, somewhere down there. And the pilot who brought the plane in was the P-39, P-39. I, among the cadets, he asked, has any one of you flown a P-39 before? One cadet put his hand up, and he did. He said, can you take off and land at P-39? He said, yes. So we'll try you out. I had to put him in a cockpit. He taxied to the runway and took off in a P-39 which we never had before. We had a P-40, but now a P-39. P-39 was attack bomber, bomber white. It had two, two names. We were, anyway, as we got to the end of the field, the pilot took off, perfect takeoff, flew around the field, came in, buzzed the field, made, made a procedure turn, come back like a figure eight. Come in, right, came back on the field, I, came, I landed, and we gave him a big hand for that. A big hand, yeah. Uh, that was by the end of it.
And then we went back and there was routine. That was not in, in uh, 85, I'm not 85, 45, 45, 45, yeah. The, the war ended in 45. 1945. And we were subject to be discharged. First come, first serve, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or preference. What they needed. Mm -hmm. They needed us. They didn't need us as a flight instructors anymore because they had Langley Field. And Langley Field had all more modern jet pilot training. So they just abandoned our train, or those who were left, distributed them to different fields. I was one that was transferred to out. I was sent to Mitchell Field, that's in New York. I went to Mitchell Air Force Base and spent about a month there, and I was discharged from Mitchell Air Force Base in New York. Yeah. That was it. So then what happened? Talk about what happened when you came, when you left the service and you came here. Oh. <laughs> when I came to the service, came into New York, well, everything was, it seemed to have been, I it's a, it was different, different. You had to get used to it. It was different uh, planning. You had to look for work. I got a job right away because I was in demand. My trade was in demand. I got a, I got a job. They asked me if I want to get my uh, 5220, 5220 a month. That was what they were giving the soldiers that came out of service. Had no job, they were paying them $52.20 a month till they find a job. I didn't need it. I had I had a job. So I went back to my old job. Was that the bank? Or? And uh, well, nothing exciting that I can remember. What can you remember, Pat? Okay, Dad. You're getting a little confused with the times. All of that was before you came back from the service. After the service, you were married before you went in the service. Oh, I was married before I went in the service. Okay. Then, let me get the rest of the story. Um, you that's when you were doing the press, the, the pressing. Yeah. Yeah, she was born the same year. Okay. I came out of uh, service in November. Being interviewed for, um, uh, I'm going to let you say hi real fast. And she came out the same year, the latter part of the same year. It's Troy from Ireland. Oh, oh. is he in Brooklyn? No, he's not in Brooklyn, honey. He's in Ireland. Oh, hold it, hold it. I'm holding it for you. Hey, Troy, 
Yeah, okay, I'm doing well, thanks. Right now, Troy, I'm having an interview with uh, a, a press agent from one of the pa papers in New York. So she's... Huh? Yeah, yeah, how are you doing? You okay? You sure? But you said you were coming to New York, so. Okay, okay. Tell him you have to go now. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was about it. And after her, uh, four years later, I had a boy. So the two children I had. See? My wait, daughter. Okay, but wait, Dad. Listen. When you came out of the service, what did you do first? I don't, I don't, like what? I, I don't remember every, every little detail. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. That's fine. You just made a hundred, so that's a huh? hundred years old, so congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a hundred years old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In February. Oh, this past February? Nice. Yeah. yeah. February 16th. That's my birthday. Huh? That's my birthday. February 16th? Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. February 16th. Well, um, what would you like future generations to, to take away from this interview? Huh? What would you like to tell for future generations? They have to learn how to cooperate and work together as a unit mm -hmm. and stop being separated, stop being fighting among themselves. Mm -hmm. Learn to be a unit. Mm -hmm. Go to school. Mm -hmm. Learn something. Listen to the teachers. Listen to the people who are older than them. Tell them something. Listen to them. Mm -hmm. And practice what the older people tell them. Of course, every instruction you get may not be the right one, but pick out the right one. And if it's the wrong one, leave it alone. Mm -hmm. But pick out the right one. You could uh, pick, learn a trade. Mm -hmm. You could go to school and get a good education. Mm -hmm. Come on, get a nice job. Yeah. The opportunities are here. The kids are coming from all over the country to New York and getting jobs. And New York boys are walking the street. New York boys and girls are walking the street. In fact, New York girls are outclassing the New York boys, maybe two or, two or three to one, and getting jobs in New York. The girls are learning something, and the boys uh, standing on a street corner acting cute. That's not the way to be. The boys should try to be leaders and show example. Join the Boy Scouts. Learn to get a group together and, 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 and unite because we are the group that's going to go to the forefront. But now the girls are going to the forefront also. 
it's no big thing. It's no more girls uh, 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 excluded. Girls are part of it. So after all, they won't, they won't even need boys in the army because it's going to be this, what, what they call steroid, uh, not a steroid, what do you call them? The new stuff the army is, is putting out. Uh, the, the, the new mechanic, mechanical stuff the that they're using now. The, the army, there won't be no shooting by guns. Mm -hmm. It'd be all atomic energy or, yes. That's what they could be using, so they, they wouldn't need as much manpower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need girls who can manipulate those machines. More so than they need manpower. They need manpower, maybe to plow the earth. Ride how ride the horses or the cows or or work on the farm, mm -hmm. but there won't be no no like there used to be in World War Two, World War One with all manpower, gunpowder. They don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell them. Pay attention to the parent. Pay attention to the school teachers. Learn. What you have taught in school, put it into practice. I'm sure the school teacher will te teach you the right thing. Put it into practice. That's my advice to you young folks out there. I'm speaking to you from a person who started in New York at the age of 10. I am now a hundred years old. A hundred years and two months. And I'm telling you what I have learned, what I have seen, and what I have experienced. Learn something in school. Don't play, don't go to school to take up a seat. Go to school to take up a seat and learn something. Listen to the teachers. That, that, that's a successful field to learn from. Okay, fellas and girls, good luck to you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you shared. Uh, okay. 